My favorite part actually is I get to spend the time with each of my dogs in the ring and it's, it's a bond. It creates a really good bond with your dog. I feel like anything you do is a good bond with your, with your dog, whether you go on a walk, but you know, just one-on-one. Um, but in the show ring, I just love being in the ring with them. Welcome to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. This year, I've learned a lot about the world of dog shows. Back in February, I attended Westminster, and while I learned a lot, I was also left with a ton of questions. Today's guest is Stephanie Wolfinger. She's a Labrador lover who has channeled her passion into dog breeding, show titles, and more. She explains some of the DNA testing done on her dogs and how that translates into what judges evaluate in the show ring. Stephanie also explains some of the biggest confusions about the show ring, like why do handlers keep liver treats in their mouth? Yes, that's a real thing. I saw it. (laughs) She also talks about how great it is to be able to bond one-on-one with your dog. I hope this conversation leads you to learn more about your favorite breed and inspires you to bond with your own dog. If you're Labrador obsessed like Stephanie and I, make sure that you check out the exclusive stylish Labrador items in the Wear Wag Repeat shop. I work with artists around the country to create unique designs on shirts, dresses, coffee mugs, and more. As a loyal podcast listener, you can take 15% off your first order when you visit shop.wearwagrepeat.com and use promo code podcast. That's shop dot where wag repeat dot com promo code podcast stephanie wolfinger lives in east greenville pennsylvania with her husband two kids minnie dachshund and four labradors roxy clyde charlie and secret she's had labs for 18 years and loves them so much that she decided to get into shows obedience hunt titles dock diving and breeding Wolfpack Labradors is a small breeder that specializes in English-style Labrador retrievers. Stephanie's goal is to breed for temperament, quality, and always trying to improve the breed. All of her dogs are OFA certified clear for hips, elbows, and heart, along with genetic testing. Everything is done by the AKC standard. Stephanie believes that dogs aren't pets. They are family members who deserve unconditional love. In addition to Wolfpack Labradors, Stephanie also owns a hair salon. And yes, the dogs go to work with her. (laughs) Hey, Stephanie. Hi, how are you? I'm doing so good. I'm really excited to talk to you since we've been internet friends for a while. Yes, yes. I'm very excited today. Good. Well, so why don't you start off by telling us how you got into breeding? Because, you know, there's a lot of us who are really passionate about our breed. We have the same breed over and over again. I've had labs for a long time, but I can't imagine getting into breeding. So how did you decide to kind of take that leap? 
So I, I well, to start, I've always had labs and um, they're just my breed. Um, I like everything about them, their temperaments. So what happened was I had um, Jade, who was my first. She lived to be 15 years old and she passed away and I had um, a yellow lab. Jasmine, who passed away six months later, I said to myself, I said, just said to my husband, I said, no more labs. I'm done. That was heartbreaking. Um, a lot of people say that. I go to a dog show and I start meeting people and I was came home and I said, I need a lab. I said, I, I can't live without one. So um, fast forward to Roxy. Um, she's my chocolate lab. She will be four in November. Um, I did not at this time was not breeding. Um, and the breeder called me and when Roxy was born, her mother got hit by a car. So yeah, not a good story, but it has a good ending. Um, so she, her mother got hit by a car and the breeder said I needed to keep your first pick. I said, okay. So Roxy had an overbite so that she couldn't use that for breeding. Um, and what happened six months later, I have Roxy. I get a call from the breeder saying, I can't have the, the first pick anymore. There's something wrong with her. Do you want her? And I was like, uh, yes. So I took her and unfortunately the breeder was not upfront with me. And, uh, she passed away a week later from oh my uh, certain things. Um, she had, yeah, she had, she actually oh, passed away in my husband's oh. arms. She seized. Um, we had, we had her on roll. We had her on everything. We tried everything. From that moment, I started getting mentors and decided that I was going to breed Labradors and do all the genetic testing and what to do to be a very good breeder to make sure that that didn't happen to other um, puppy owners out there. That's kind of where it all started. And then I started getting into That showing. is such an amazing story, <laughs> though. You know, I um, it, one of my friends here in Pittsburgh, they have uh, a bulldog, and they actually got him from a pet store because they were young and they didn't know that you shouldn't do that. Um, and he got really, really sick. And I think he was in the emergency vet, like the ho the vet hospital, um, for like a week or something like that. He was really, really sick. And ever since then, they have been an advocate for responsible breeders and breed education and that kind of stuff. It's kind of similar, um, to your story, I think. So, you know, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, when, you know, a puppy owner and, you know, it's not guaranteed, but we look at pedigrees, we look at everything and make sure we are breeding to the best that we can. So the puppies that are going out there, whether it be, you know, pets or show homes, that they are genetically sound and good and temperament and healthy. Right. So for the people listening um, who maybe aren't familiar with all of this, I actually, I grilled you a couple months ago and I wrote a big long blog post about things to ask your Labrador breeder. And I ended up learning so much about all these tests that I never knew before. So can you just give us like the Cliff Notes version of all these tests 
that you do this OFA um, for eyes and hips and elbows and like there's so many tests to be done can you just give us like the cheat sheet (laughs) absolutely so um every breed um has their own tests and different tests so for the labradors we um we do all the dna testing um i won't go through all of that because there's like 18 different types of panel testing but um it some of it's for like their eyes. It's more in depth, the DNA. So you got your DNA, you have your OFAs, which are your hips, your elbows, your heart, your eyes, um, all that screening. And then we also do, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Um, we also, we also do like, um, the pedigree. So we all, with that, when you have a good breeder, they look at pedigrees from the past and see what the parentage has. So when we breed, we don't want to breed with something that has something. So say a a female dog has something, you're going to find a stud dog that doesn't, it cancels it out for the puppy. So yeah, there's, yeah, there's a whole list of things. And then the heart is a cardiac, which you have to get an echo. And that tells you if there is a murmur and then, cause there's so many different things coming out nowadays with the labs, with, you know, um, with their heart and everything. So they're, Mm -hmm. and their eyes, they're coming out with different tests every day. So they're the most basic ones that we all do. And then there's in-depth ones that really go. But the panel is about, I just did one, and I think there were 25, 25 panels. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so they take a blood sample from the dog, and they, they run it for all these so, panels? No. So I use Paw Print Genetics, and they are based out of Seattle. So you they do a swab test. Oh. So they send a kit. And then you have to swab them early in the morning for 30 seconds. And then you put it in a solution and you send it out back out to them. And then they hold on to it. So any other tests that I need done, they have their, their DNA already. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. so interesting. Um, okay. So, so that's all kind of like the behind the scenes stuff. I think sometimes people think like, Oh, I've got a good looking dog and you've got a good looking dog. Let's make some puppies. (laughs) Right. They don't realize there's like so much behind the scenes, not, not even behind the scenes, but just like under the surface kind of stuff that really can impact the health of, of the puppies later on. Yeah. And a lot of that too is, you know, we're looking at structures. So, you know, we don't want to put, um, a female dog in a, a, a stud dog with a one that has a bad top line with a good top line. Cause down the road, or, I, I mean a bad top line with a bad top line because mm-hmm. for show purposes, we don't want that. And even for down the road for pet quality, you know, it can hinder problems down the road too. Just that's why the OFAs are there for their hips and elbows, the x-rays. And so that's like to determine if a dog might get hip dysplasia later on exactly. or something like that. Okay. So interesting. Um, okay. So now like shifting gears a little bit. This is so – you have to be like a scientist basically <laughs> <laughs> to be a dog breeder. This is so amazing. Um, but so, I, so you know I went to Westminster Dog Show back in um, – 
gosh, like February, I guess, pre pandemic (laughs) when we were allowed to be together. Um, and it was so interesting to watch the the competition. Um, I sat there and watched the labs, all 42 of them, which took like three hours <laughs> uh-huh. um, to watch them. But there's, you know, the judge, I think it took so long because there was this Italian judge who was so thorough with every dog. And I, as just a, you know, complete novice to the whole dog show world, I watched all of this, but I can't really tell like what he's looking for. So when you go to these dog shows, like what are the judges looking for? Because they're like feeling their head and they feel different areas in their body. And like, it's, I have no idea even what they're doing. So like, (laughs) what are they looking for? Neither did I four years ago. (laughs) I just got in the ring and ran around with the dog and I was like, this is fun. (laughs) Um, but that's when I got a handler, a professional handler, um, took me under her wing and I've been with her for about four years now. Um, so they are looking at their bite. They're looking at their coat. You probably saw them run their hand along their back. That's their top line. Um, they're looking for movement. They're looking for their tail. So a lab tail in confirmation should not be below the hocks. Um, it has to be a certain length, believe it or not. Um, lab tail shouldn't be feathered. So they're looking for more of a wrap tail, an otter tail. Um, they are looking for structure. The, they talk about the rear. So how their rear is, how their rear moves. And then also they're looking at their front. So their chest should be a little more up and out a little bit. And then their movement, obviously, around, and they call it stacking. So when they free stack is when they walk into a perfect stand, and that shows their structure, their top line, and their chest. Huh. Okay. So um, while I was watching the show, something that I noticed a lot of the handlers do is they would adjust the dog's feet. Like while the dog was standing still, they would adjust their feet into like a very specific stance. And so I guess that was to show them off to the best of their ability. So that's a hard stack. So what that is, we are actually putting the dog into the position that um, the judge wants to see. Um, So there's different judges. So you have your all breed judge and then you have your your breeder judges, your breeder judges of Labradors always like to see them. In my case that I've noticed, they like to see them free stack. They like to see the lab go into the stack on their own. All breed judges, which they judge all breeds. Yeah. (laughs) All breeds. (laughs) They, yeah, they like to see it's the hard stack. So they're looking for more of the angles. Oh, so that actually is like a different kind of strategy Mm -hmm. depending on the judge. Yeah. I try to go to shows with breeder judges um, just because they know the labs better. You know, they breed them. So they know how they should move better and all of that. And my girl, thank goodness, my girl, Charlie, my yellow lab, um, she's like one point away, (laughs) which is so frustrating in this pandemic thing. Um, She can free stack. She can just go right into her stack and she's great. And then you got Clyde, my black boy, who 
just wants to say hello to everybody. (laughs) And I could stack him and stack him and he would move that foot. But the judges know, you know, they're dogs. So yeah, they still, and they're labs. They like to have fun. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I noticed, um, you know, I think like the, the show dogs, it's not really like an obedience competition or an agility competition. Like it's all separate. Like I think they're evaluating them for their temperament and they have to be somewhat obedient. But I don't, it didn't seem to me like they're being scrutinized super tough for being perfect, perfectly behaved. No, confirmation is all about structure and movement. And then do you also do um, any like obedience and agility? I know you do dock diving. I do the rally. Um, that we do, we just started the rally novice. Um, that's more with me, the novice, that's more obedience. It's not hardcore obedience. We're not there yet. Um, that takes a little bit of time. We take classes for it though. So Um, what, what is, what's the rally then? What's that include? So rally is like for any, so a rally, any dog can do it. So they don't confirmation you can't be neutered or spayed. Mm-hmm. So for rally or obedience, you can. Any dog can do that. Um, it's more like there's um there's signs. So each sign tells you what to do and you go around with your dog and you do it. And it's super simple. And the rally novice is for a beginner. Then it starts going up where you can't use treats or you can't mm-hmm. Use you know you have to use hand signals. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of these dogs I watch them and they are amazing, amazing. I um, it's hard for a confirmation dog sometimes to go from there to obedience because confirmation you're not allowed to sit. You have to stand. Um, oh. They're looking at structure, so yeah. it's very hard. Um, my dogs also do hunt, so they got to be really obedient and sit next to me. Um, so when we go into the obedience, I try to, or the confirmation, I really try to keep them separate and only do them at certain time of the year. Cause it's kind of confusing for them. Yeah. I mean, they're super smart. They know, like my dogs know like what a regular leash is. We're going for a walk around our neighborhood versus a lead in the ring. They know when that is on them, they are working. They are they're going into to go for a title. Like they know. It's crazy yeah. that they know. Are you enjoying this conversation as much as I am? Whether you're a longtime listener or new here, I want to thank you for listening in. It's important to me to amplify women's voices in the pet industry. If you want to help me do that, you can leave a review for my show in the Apple Podcast app. Reviews help me get more listeners and book big-time interviews. Through the end of July, leave a review and you'll be entered to win a $50 gift card to the Wear, Wag, Repeat shop. Just go to my show's homepage on the Apple Podcast app from your phone or computer and write an honest review. I'll announce the winner on a future episode and in the Wear, Wag, Repeat Instagram feed. Well, actually, so that brings me to a question. Another question I had is like, what is some dog show equipment or tools or like 
I don't know, is there special clothes that you have to wear or anything? It's it's like its whole own world. Is there like a dress code? <laughs> oh, gosh. So <laughs> now I am a salon owner too and a stylist. So I am a little trendy. Um, but the clothing, they they want it to be more conservative, I think. You know, they mm-hmm. say business casual, but like I got your one dress and I wore that in the ring. Um that your your yeah. swing dress that the, you have. The dog one, yeah. Yeah, the dog one, which I love. And um I got so many compliments on it and it was cute. They I think it's kind but of the turned. judges didn't like it. Uh no, actually they didn't say anything. Oh okay. I think it's <laughs> taking a turn because what's happening is Unfortunately, the sport is a dying sport and we're trying to keep the young in it so we can, you know, keep it going. So I think it is turning a little bit of a point. The judges, I'm a, I wear kind of whatever I want, but within reason and it's still you know, conservative to the point. Um, I'm not going in there with Daisy Dukes, obviously, but (laughs) yeah, but yeah. So the dress code is a little, do I have a suit? No, I can't wear it. (laughs) I can't move. And remember like Labradors are sporting. So you need to really move with them around the ring and it's hard in a suit. Some can, I can't. Now, I have a question. This is like, just tell me. (laughs) So when I was at Westminster, I saw so many of the handlers keeping dog treats in their mouth (laughs) to give to their dogs. And I was like, why don't they just wear a fanny pack or a pocket or something like that? So like, do you you like have to keep stuff in your mouth? (laughs) No. um... (laughs) That was like, that was my biggest question. Like mystery question from Westminster. <laughs> so some people do wear little pouches, but the dogs get distracted mm-hmm. because you're grabbing it from somewhere else. So their heads turning. I I will tell you the first time I went in the ring, my mentor was like, "Put this in your mouth." I was like, "Ugh." <laughs> I'm like, I can't. It's liver. I can't do it. Yeah. She's like, you have to do it. It makes it soft. It'll, I'm like, ugh, I did it. I did it. And it was Everyone does it. Yeah. I usually can, you'll see them. I don't know if you saw them at the show. Sometimes they'll go in their bra to like in Mm -hmm. their side and they Mm -hmm. keep it there too. Mm -hmm. I've done that, but then you got like dried up hot dog or something in there. So <laughs> I <laughs> mean yes, I've done do. all this stuff too because like I take so many pictures of my dogs. I I will keep I will hold a treat in my mouth sometimes to take a picture. I definitely keep treats in my bra all the time. <laughs> yeah. If I'm trying to take pictures and stuff. But that like that was something that was just like such a strange thing <laughs> that I noticed at the show. <laughs> I thought it was strange too. Don't and it's funny because now my dogs they know it's in my mouth, so they're watching me the whole time, which is great. Which is great for yeah. like in the ring. But the like sometimes I've run, I've have ran around the ring and it has flown out the bottom of my dress because I had it stuck Mm -hmm. in. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's been, there's some like mishaps that happen in the ring and it's funny, but we all laugh. Yeah. Well, no, it seemed like everybody knows each other and everyone is like super friendly. Um, Is that, is, is it kind of like its own little 
world, like everyone in the dog show world kind of knows each other? Yes. Yes. We do. And you start knowing like other, especially the professional handlers, like you start to know who they are because they're in your ring and they'll come running over from another ring to show a dog for a client. Um, now I'm a, I'm an owner handler, so I own my dogs and I handle them and I have shown other people's dogs too, but, um, but yeah, you, you know, everybody it's crazy. Cause when I was watching Westminster this year, my husband and I were sitting there and I'm like, Oh, I know that person. Oh, look who that is. He's like, you're so weird. Now you're like a dog guru, weird show person. <laughs> It's cool though. It's fun to like I know. be on the inside. I drag him to some shows too because I'm like, you have to go in the ring. I've thrown him in the ring like a couple times because I've had two dogs in the ring at the same time. Oh, he did. he's like, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you just said like a term that I think a lot of people who aren't in the dog show world would never have heard, but like you call yourself an owner handler, um, Mm -hmm. which I think is like pretty self-explanatory. Now, something that is interesting to me in the dog show world is that sometimes you'll hear a dog has like four co-owners. And I know that you co-own Prada. So like- I co-own two. Yeah. Oh, okay. How does that work? Um, Like where, who does the dog live with? And like, what does that mean to be a co-owner of a dog? Okay, so so Charlie, my yellow girl, I co-own her um, with the breeder. So she is my foundation girl. So she is my first one that is my show dog um, and breeding, like, to be my breeding dog. Mm-hmm. So some breeders, because they, they're so – put so much money into their dogs – they want to make sure that they're taken care of and all of that. So my breeder was like, look, this is your first foundation dog. Let's co-own. So pretty much she lives with me. I pay for everything. Um, pretty much she's my dog. I'm really close with the breeder. She's one of my mentors too. Mm-hmm. So I really lucked out. Uh, sometimes the co-owning can get sticky. I've heard of, you know, people getting lawsuits and stuff. You really have to have a contract. Um, in my contract with her, she's, she's pretty much, she's pretty much mine. (laughs) Like I could, she just, if I, she needs some, if I need something from Deb, then I'll just call her Prada. So (laughs) Prada, (laughs) she's so silly Prada. I love her. I co-own her with my ex-husband. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Yes. So my ex-husband and I also own our salon. We're still friends. We're very friendly. Yes. So he wanted a lab. Um, my, the breeder of Charlie, our other mentor, my other mentor, and she, someone backed out of this puppy that was supposed to be more for breeding this girl. Mm -hmm. So he was like, I want this dog. So I said, well, let's co-own her and then we can, you know, put her in the the breeding schedule and see how it goes, see how she grows. And she's turning into a beautiful, beautiful dog. She was very slow maturing, um, but she's beautiful. So I co-own her with Sal. She lives with Sal, but <laughs> she's at my house too because she loves to be with the dogs. So we, she goes back and forth. Yeah. We have kids together. So she goes back and forth with the kids. She's and just like, like another kid that goes around. Yeah. 
And he'll take Roxy because he loves Roxy. Um, cause I was with him when we had Jade, our first lab. So, um, he takes Roxy with him sometimes. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty nice. Cause if I'm like, Hey, I need to go away. You need to watch the dogs. He's like, okay. And then I'll watch Prada. But yeah, nice. Prada's, Prada's funny. <laughs> <laughs> they all have different personalities. It's so crazy. It's so interesting. Do you think that the different colored labs have like, different personalities or it's just all dogs are different? I just think all dogs are different. You know, people always say, well, you have two chocolates right. and you know, chocolates have a little special place in my heart. I love all my dogs, but, um, they're always like, Oh, they're the most hyper that I don't, I don't believe that. And that's all in how you breed and temperament. Yeah. I've heard people say that, that the chocolates are crazy or something. And I'm like, I think the people who say that just, you know, don't have chocolates. <laughs> Yeah, they they don't have chocolates. And, you know, I've been getting a lot of puppy inquiries about chocolates. And you don't, not a lot of people breed chocolates that much anymore. Well, that was something that was interesting to me at, at Westminster was there was only out of the 42 labs that were being shown, I think there was maybe two or three chocolates. Um, Everyone else was black or yellow. Yeah, chocolates are very, very hard to finish. What does that mean? Hard, to, hard to finish. Meaning hard to get a title, hard to get a championship. Oh, okay, I see, I see. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and I don't really know why because I think chocolates, like, so, there's some beautiful chocolate labs out there, yes. beautiful, and um, I, that's why I have, I have little secret. She's my, she's my. Uh, girl that I show and will breed eventually. But I I just love chocolates. People are like, oh, you should do black and yellow. I'm like, I have them too. But yeah, for some reason, they just seem to do better in the show world. Yeah, yeah. Black labs do amazing in the show world. Interesting. I, I don't really get that. <laughs> I haven't figured that one out yet. Well, that's so interesting. Because um I have read that black dogs are very difficult to adopt in the shelters because they don't show up well on photos or, you know, they're kind of just dark in the back of their kennel wherever they are and like they're just hard to adopt. So it's so interesting that they would do really well in a dog show. Yeah, I I agree. I but when you when I'm standing there there is a lot of black. Yeah. Like that's, you know, and not a lot of chocolates. No, hardly any. Mm-mm. So interesting. So um, one last question for you is, um, what's your favorite part of showing your dog in the ring? So my favorite part actually is I get to spend the time with each of my dogs in the ring. And it's it it's a bond. It creates a really good bond with your dog. Um, I feel like anything you do, is a good bond with your, with your dog, whether you go on a walk, but you know, just one-on-one, um, you know, I have four labs. So walking them all at the same time is a challenge. (laughs) I have tried it. I have tried it. It, It's not easy. Um, but in the show ring, I just love, I just love being in the ring with them. It's so cool. And to show them kind of what we do together and how we interact, you know, you'll see some handlers, you'll see them. They're so um, intense. I'm not like that. I'm giving my dog kisses in the ring. I think a judge needs to see that. A judge needs to see the bond between you and your dog. 
because that's, that's the whole part of it. Yeah. Especially with labs. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, this has been so much fun. I still have many more questions to ask you later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But for now, tell everyone where, where they can find you, where they can learn more about Wolfpack Labs. Um, I have a website. It's www.wolfpacklabadors.com. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Wolfpack Labadors and you can find us on all those social medias and keep up with what we're doing. Um, I'm always posting something, what we're doing and what the dogs are doing. Sometimes we have photo shoots and and videos of me in the ring and the dogs in the ring. So yeah, yeah, I love people to follow. Yeah, it's really fun. I recommend everyone go follow because um, I think that you're like a nice balance between like a, a regular dog mom and then also the show and the competitions and all that kind of stuff. Like you're not you, you don't take it too strict and too seriously. You have fun with it. So um, I really enjoy following you. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I love it. I love following you. Thanks. I get all my tips from you too. (laughs) What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at Team Mystic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or join the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wearwagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.